glad you're here. Call to worship from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. 
Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we thank you for this entire season of, uh, of Christmas and all that it means to us here in the church and how foundational it is to, to all that we believe and all that we do as a result of all that you have done for us. Um, Lord, this is also a time that is um, busy for, for many of us and um, um, 
you know, and there's all, there's all kinds of uh, feelings and and uh, issues that that happen during this season, uh, struggles that happen during this season, and uh, so I just uh, uh, I just pray, and we collectively as a group want to just give a moment, um, just to just to present to you all of these things that just keep us from coming close to you. It could it could be. Uh, struggles that we're dealing with, um, sins that we um, are dealing with that we need to confess, um, relationship challenges, um, you know what is on each of us. So we just pray um, and uh, that you would hear our prayers right now as we leave these things at the foot of the cross. Dear Heavenly Father, we we thank you that what Christmas means is the gift of your Son who takes all of these things from us and makes us clean and presentable to you. So we thank you for this, and we just pray that you would help us to worship together in this place and from afar, zooming in uh, as one body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry. 
Please be seated, everyone. So today our reading uh, comes from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God.
Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection so that we may have life eternal with you. Father God, thank you for, thank you for life. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your forgiveness, Father God. You grow us in times of turmoil. And as we look back over the last year, we look and we contemplate how you, how you stretched us beyond what we wanted to be stretched. And may we be the hands and feet of your mercy and love to a lost and hurting world. And Father God, speak through Rusty this morning. Speak your words of love and forgiveness and mercy so that we may be the hands and feet a lost and hurting world. In Christ's name, amen. Am I on? Can you guys hear me? <laughs> That's enough out of you, Leroy. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Hope. Glad y'all are here see people that are recovering from Christmas. Yeah. Leroy girls, did you guys have a good Christmas? Good. Good, good, good. It's good to see you guys here. And it's good to know that you guys are zooming in. I'm glad y'all are able to do that. Um, so let's jump into, um, if I haven't met you, my name is Rusty. I am one of the elders here at Hope. And I get the pleasure of giving Tom a weekend off, much needed rest. Um, so hopefully he will come back to us next week well rested. Um, let's dive into what we've got going on here at Hope. We've always got these cards in our bulletin and we love it when our people communicate to us. You can do that on the website or with this piece of paper. <coughs> your elders and your deacons love praying for you. Um, and just love knowing what's going on in your heart and going on in your life. Um, we've got a lot of things coming up in the spring, so I don't have all of the dates nailed down yet, but I hope that as we kick off this new year that you guys will um, jump in wherever you can. Tom's sermon series for the spring is going to be called Run Through the Bible. Um, I don't know that run is fast enough, um, maybe sprint, not really sure, but we are going to move through it and we are going to kick off Hope Fit again in January to kind of go along with our running theme. And then at the end of our sermon series, which will stretch all the way into the early summer, we are going to have our own little road race here at Hope, but in pure Hope style there will be donuts in the middle of it. So um, start training both in your donut eating and in your running. Zach, True, and I were talking about, we were debating should we be running to Krispy Kreme or should we keep it local and run to Shipley's, which is much closer. So I think Shipley's is probably going to work. We've got to come up with a good catchy name for that. But don't worry, we're going to have teams. So if you're the donut eater, so Izzy runs from Hope to Shipley's, right? Then Jason eats the donuts, and then Zoe runs back to Hope. 
You like it? And maybe Piper hands out water on the way, right? Lots of, lots of interaction, lots of places for you guys to, to get in at, no, um, at any level of participation. We're going to expand things in the spring. Hope has been, we've had more participation in the last year in our Bible studies than ever before. And so we're going to get crazy. There's going to be two groups on Tuesday nights, two for Tuesdays, right? Not Taco Tuesdays, Jason, two for Tuesdays, right? Um, we're experimenting with how that exactly is going to work. But a wise lady told me that what I was describing was a Bible study that was going to follow the sermon series. And we might have a scuba diving group and a snorkeling group, right? So Connie's going to be in the scuba diving group. Terry's going to be in the snorkeling group. Love you guys. <laughs> so you will get to pick whichever group you want to be in um, for however you want to engage in that conversation. And then we're still going to have Wednesday nights. We're going to have kind of one-off studies on Wednesdays. So if you miss one, you're going to be able to jump in and not have missed anything um, kind of a crash course style thing going there. And then we've already scheduled the next men's meeting. That'll be on January the 22nd. So we will um, make a big enough fire to stay warm and cook some meat. And I have been told that it is unfair that the men have meetings and that the women are, um, are left out. So we are gonna come up with something clever for the ladies to do as well. I, I don't know, I don't know. But maybe we can get another craft day going, something to um, spur the fellowship of the women. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. We'll figure something out. So if you've got energy for that, um, ladies, please um, let us know and let us know how we can help you with that. Youth group will be starting again, and the youth group will be moving into the first couple of chapters of Acts and Jimmy Townsend is going to help the youth group put a beehive in the far corner of the property over there. And they're going to be studying how the early church and a beehive resemble each other. Because there are so many parallels there. It's crazy. Um, and hopefully, I, I don't think this year we'll have any honey. But maybe we'll have honey soon. And maybe those bees will help us with our wildflowers. It could get crazy around here. Who knows? <laughs> Liz is doubtful. <laughs> Appropriately skeptical here at Hope is completely appropriate. <laughs> completely appropriate. All right. Have I missed anything that's going on around here? Pulling the audience? No? Okay. Well, I hope that you were able to print out the printable. Deb and Jen have done such a great job of connecting our kids' printable with the sermon series, and this one looks really cool. It's about the gift of light and step-by-step -step drawings here on the back. Jason, I think you could even make a decent drawing with the step-by-step -step directions. Yeah, but Terry, this coloring here on the front may be above your level. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, let me... Um, Pray for us, and then we will jump into God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to be together, whether that's here in person or on Zoom. And we just pray that you would use your word. Cut us to the heart. 
change us and help us to love you more. And Lord, we think about our missionaries around the world. Pray that you would energize them and help them to just love on the people that that are around them. And I just pray that you would use them to send your gospel message during this time of the year out clearly, just like we want it to go out clearly here, here in San Antonio. And Lord, we pray for our troops and our first responders. I just pray that you would keep them safe, especially those that are deployed. Pray that you would keep them safe and take care of their families um, while they're gone. Lord, we just lift up your church. Um, our, the people that we know in New Braunfels and Austin and here in San Antonio. I just pray that um, at this time when this world is hurting so much that you would set us in places that you have um, just designed for us. Opportunities to love on people that we've never met. Opportunities to, to love on people with, with no expectation of return just so that you would be glorified through our actions. Lord, we just pray that at the end of today, as we open up your word, that this would not be an exercise in collecting knowledge, but that you would be using it to change us so that we would love you first and love you most. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we've been in a series of messages called Advantageous, where we've been looking at this Advent series and how each one of these things that, that Jesus gives us is um, advantageous for us. And so today we're going to be in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the light that he brings to the world. So let me read John, chapter 1, to you, and then we will open it up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the light and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When I first read um, these words, I'm thinking that John must be writing to a middle schooler because he is not only saying what he wants to say in a positive way, but he is closing the door on any other interpretation. So he's saying it both positively and then negatively. And this is a a crazy cross-section of a genealogy of Jesus and a creation story all at once. And I would love to spend a month with you unpacking all of this and running back to Genesis and running to Paul's basic same message in Colossians, but we won't do that because y'all would go to sleep on me. So we're going to run past that, and maybe that would be a Bible study some other time where we could connect that. What I really want us to look at is in verse 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
one of the things that jumps out at me first is the fact that in verse 5, John switches to a present tense verb. I'm going to nerd out for you just a little bit. In these verses before it, everything is past tense, right? This is something that happened in the past. But we could say in verse 5, the light is shining in the darkness, right? This is still happening. And I think that we feel this just so much today, right? Our, our world is confused, conflicted. It is just ready for answers, right? Aren't you ready to get some solid answers, to get some information? You need light in that instance, right? And Jesus is the light, and it, we're go going to look at our response today with that. And so the, the first thing that I want us to do in response to this is simply to bask in his light. It's a cold time of the year here in San Antonio. It's not cold any other place, right? My mother's husband is from South Dakota, right? I'm freezing. He's in shorts because this still feels like summer to him. But for us, it's cold, right? We walk outside, and when the wind isn't blowing, you can just stand there in the last couple of days and just let the light shine on you and warm you up, right? It feels really good, right? We should bask in God's light, right? And this is, this is exactly what we're supposed to do. God built us to worship and obey him. And when we are doing that, we are enjoying God. And all too often, we are tempted to, to get focused on something less than that, right? We believe a lie that something less than God's best will satisfy us in a way that it never will, right? We need to bask in his light. We need to do what we were designed to do and enjoy God, right? So as we do this, we can... There are times, sometimes they are few and far between, where we can feel God's pleasure in what we are doing. And that feeling is not always there. It's not always there, right? But we can, we can feel his pleasure as he adores us. Because God adores you. And I don't know if that's hard for you to hear, that God adores you. It's easy for me to say that to you. I know that God adores you, right? But I know me. It's hard for me to hear that. It might be hard for you to hear it and accept it. But God knows you down to every molecule, right? Every sin, every crazy motivation and he adores you and so when you bask in that light you can feel God's pleasure as he adores you and the 
Christmas Eve service. I hope you guys were able to zoom in or be here. But I watched our family come up, Bill and Lori and Avery, and they read the Christmas story. And I watched Bill just kind of adoring his daughter, even though she was kind of cranky and it was past her bedtime. It was so cute, right? And I think that that's the way God loves us. He adores you. He wants to scoop you up and love you in that same way, even though we're cranky about it and we don't understand his love fully. So when we don't have that feeling, we need to know that God's love never wanes, even when we feel alone. Right? Those feelings, those warm fuzzies, they're, they're not always present. And it seems like the more you get pushed into your spiritual maturity, the distance between those high points, those emotional experiences probably spreads out, right? But in the midst of that, you need to know that God will never leave you or forsake you and that his love never wanes for you. So how do we do this basking in his light? Well, oftentimes it's just spending time with God. And you need to remember that this is a get-to, not a have-to. Let me explain that. When I was in college and, uh, and just becoming a believer, I wasn't saved until I was 21, so that tells you a little bit about my uh, <coughs> first three years at Texas Tech. Get your guns up, because you can't get your grades up. Right? The... So when I got, when, when I was saved and I started going to a church, they talked about freedom, but there seemed to be a whole nother set of rules, right? <laughs> no, you're fine. Is that, is your Barbie singing to you, Jason? I love it when Jason brings his Christmas presents to church. Jason, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but the first time I preached at Hope, during the service, or during the sermon, we all got an Amber Alert. The entire church just went off. You don't? Yeah. It was, it, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And it hadn't happened in the four years I had been at Hope before. Still hasn't happened since. Don't know what God was doing there. But there were, yeah, okay. So we're spending time with God. I was in college, and it seemed like there was this whole new set of rules. And people used to talk about having this quiet time and this thing that you should be doing day in and day out. And having a quiet time, all that means, that's just Christianese for spending time with God, Right? But it was laid on me like it was a burden, like something that if I had not done that day, I had not done my Christian duty. And, it, and they put me on a plan to read through the Bible in a year. And before long, I was, you know, 
45 days behind, and it felt like all of a sudden I was in another class, and I needed to, like, zoom through the Bible. That's not, (laughs) that is not what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm not talking about a new set of rules. I'm not talking about something that is going to build up and be a burden on you. I simply want you to carve out little slots in your day to spend time with God. And it can be as simple as one verse written on your mirror. It could be a note card with a verse on the back of your sun visor in the car. You could put it on your, you know, on your lock screen, right? There are any numbers of, any number of ways to get the word of God into you, and it doesn't have to be a lot, right? And when you, when you read that verse or those couple of verses, you're asking God to nourish your soul with his word, right? Jesus teaches us that we don't live by bread alone, right? We need the word of God to nourish our souls. So it can also just be short, little prayers, right? Father, please give me your patience (laughs) as I deal with my children today or my coworkers or my spouse. Right? There's any number of ways to sneak in little prayers. And above all, we want to be filled with his spirit as we move through our day. Right? So, Father, please fill me with your spirit and just help me to, um, to be connected to you. You were built for a relationship with God. Right? That is how God made you. And if that relationship is not vibrant, you will be suffering. You may not know it right away, but before long, there will be this toll. You will be moving through life without joy. Right? You are built for relationship with God. And so we need to be checking in with God. And it will become a habit. But remember, this is a get-to, not a have-to. This is not a burden. This is not a new legalism. This is not a new set of rules that you have to keep. So the other way that I want us to respond, you know, we've talked about basking in God's light. We want to feel him um, just love on us. We also want to reflect his light. And there's so many metaphors or analogies here but my favorite one is thinking about our moon, okay? Our moon, in some ways, reminds me of my soul. It's dark and cold, marred and disfigured, right? All on its own, right? And, and in these times when I am not reflecting God's light, this just drives me to the cross. It shows me how much I need Jesus' death on the cross every single moment of my life. It doesn't matter where you are in scripture. Moses, David, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Paul, they all agree that we are 
terrible people. And the more I understand that about myself, the better I am at approaching other people in humility and the better I am at appreciating just how much God has given me and, and provided for me through his son on the cross. So hopefully, some of the time we are actually reflecting God's light. It's not, you know, it's not all the time. Probably you reflect God's light more than me. But in those moments, right, after we have, after we have complete, after we've appreciated what God has done for us and we have just marveled and rested in his grace, in that wonderful grace, right, that we all need so badly every single day. But on those occasions, for me, they're rare, but for you, they're probably not, where you are reflecting God's grace. Again, back to that moon analogy, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know anything about astronomy, not a thing, can't even find the Big Dipper in the sky. But there is a time period in the moon cycle the lunar cycle, I guess, where it looks like God has set the moon right on top of I-35. It is just huge, right? And it's catching all the light that it can from the sun. And it's amazing to me that those, the marring, the disfigurement of the sun, in that moment, when it's catching all of that light, adds to its beauty in some strange way. It's not this glassy kind of surface without any character or texture, right? You can see the undulations on the moon's surface and it's absolutely beautiful. And that's how you are when you are reflecting God's light. And so how do we do this? How do we reflect his light? How do we shine that light? Well, this is kind of a Sunday school answer, but it's not Jesus. So how do you reflect God's light? If it's not Jesus, then, and it's not grace, then like the third word is love, right? You love. So let's go to Matthew chapter five. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is, who is in heaven. Right, The whole point of your good works is not to earn you merit, to move you up in some eternal equation about right and wrong. Right, If you are doing good works, the motivation is simply so that other people can see them and glorify God, not me. So that ought to inform how we move into those, into those things. But how do, we, how do we do this? We love. It's as simple as that. Jesus tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. 
at my house, we seem to be having lots of conversations where we're trying to wiggle our way out of loving, right? Well, I wasn't mean. I was just neutral, right? I wasn't ugly to my brother. I was just neutral. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. I don't think that that's what Jesus said. I don't think he said, basically try to ignore your brother as much as possible and, and be two ships passing in the night, right? He wants us to love. And there are so many ways that we can do this. And God will put people in your path for you to love. And the greatest examples of these are the ones where you have, there's no opportunity for them to send that love back towards you, right? I think it was Francis of Assisi that first started to encourage Christians to take care of animals, especially the birds, because there was no way that a bird could love you back, right? It's easy to love your dog. Your dog's happy to see you, at least some dogs are. Mine are lazy and stay upstairs and don't even come down to say hi. But um, most dogs will come to love you back, right? But he wanted Christians to start to take care of God's animals in a way that would nourish their souls. They, they would practice this idea of loving without any expectation of receiving back. And if if you've got two and a half seconds, right, if you show up a little bit early to something, it's amazing how God will put things into your path, places specifically designed for you where you get a chance to love on, on someone. But it can be as simple as speaking well of your, and then you fill in the blank here, right? When you're at work, do you speak well of your, spouse? Do you speak well of your kids? Do you speak well of your boss? You can do it with your words, right? You can serve those around you. The New Testament idea of leadership, where the leader is the one who does the most serving, it's so powerful, and we ought to be modeling that here at the church, but it starts in our families, right? We want to we want to be serving those around us. We want to be making their life easier, taking care of their needs, anticipating those needs before they even arise. So we ought to study the ones that we love, and we ought to strive to make their hearts sing. So, gentlemen, if that means taking your wife to dance lessons, right? If that's what makes her heart sing, then do it, right? If you suffered through all 18 seasons of Downton Abbey just to make your wife happy, well done, brother. Well done, right? The when you are loving... You know that you are truly loving when it's costing you something, right? 
I'm not loving my children when I sit them on the couch and we watch college football together. That's me loving myself, and man, I'm good at it, right? Yes, they can have some of the nachos, and they can have some of the wings, but who did I make those for? But if I'm, you know, talking about Dungeons and Dragons or Pokemon or something like that with my children, that's not for me. That's mind-numbing. I feel like I'm getting dumber every moment we talk about Pokemon, <laughs> right? But that's, <laughs> Zach is shaking his head going, no, Pokemon is awesome. <laughs> but that's when we love well, is when it costs us something. And Jesus is the perfect example of this sacrificial type of love. It's cold you don't want to be outside, but you are outside jumping on the trampoline with your children because that's what they love to do. That is, that's true love. And then the last thing that I want you to remember is that the darkness has not and will not overcome the light. This battle has already been won. Our team wins. And we can rest in that. So as we bask in his light and we try to reflect it, just recognize that all those times that you're not reflecting his light, welcome to the club. We all need Jesus every second of the day. And at the end of it all, Jesus has already won. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your light. Thank you that for whatever crazy reason, you include us in your plan to shine your light in this fallen and broken and dark and hurting world. Lord, I pray that each one of us as we go into this new year would be available to you, that we would be spending more and more small snippets of time to allow you to nourish our souls with your presence and with your word. I pray that we would be ready to just reflect your light because we have none of in and of ourselves but to reflect your light into the darkest of places. I pray that you would help us to get out there and find people that simply do not look like us to and that we can love on them so that they may give you glory. Lord, your grace is amazing. What you sent your son on the cross to do for us is mind-boggling. Lord, as we move through this season where we celebrate your birth, I just pray that, that we would have sweet moments with you and sweet moments with those that we love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Good morning. My name is Scott Lawler. I'm one of the elders here at Hope Church. We've come to our time of offering. Here at Hope, offering is more than just financial giving. Financial giving is important, and it is a part of our relationship with our Lord. We do have a bucket in back if you are so inclined, and we also have ways to give electronically, but it is something that is done personally between you and God. This is a time where we reflect on the message that Rusty gave us this morning. We reflect on how it affects our lives. Everything is what offertory is about, giving back our time, our talents, our finances. When I listened to your message, Rusty, two points came to me here. The first is God's light is like that oxygen mask on the airplane. I need to put my own on first. I need to focus on myself and breathe in deeply of his light, of his love, and do that before I look towards anyone else. And that's so important that we need to have that oxygen flowing to us. We need it every day. If you don't think so, just try holding your breath and see how long you can go without God's love. The second part of this was the sharing of the bite. And the visual that comes to me is the Christmas Eve service when we sing Silent Night. And we start with the Christ candle. That's the only candle lit. And we take that and we light two candles. And then we light more. And it's the passing of that light from one individual to another. But it all comes from that Christ candle. And through that, each of us can shine his light to the rest of the world. In this darkness, this crazy 2020 we've been in. And add a little more light to each of the world, each of the individuals we interact with whether it be our family, our co-workers, our friend, everyone needs that light. As the music plays, please take a moment to reflect. Heavenly Father, you brought a light into this world. You are that light. You are the light of our hearts. You 
want each of us to take that light and share it with others to reflect your love, your grace, your generosity, everything there is in a broken, hurting, and dark world. In your son's precious name we pray. stand together and um, just head into our weeks with um, celebration on our minds of uh, Jesus coming, bringing us the light, bringing us his love, and finding us useful to extend it. Uh, so let's start with the angels again. One, two, three, four.
Oh. Who was eating the head. Oh. There he is. Um, will you open your hearts this morning, receive God's blessing, let it give shape to who you are, to how you live. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May you go in his peace. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.